Good morning. So we find ourselves this morning in the days after Peter's amazing post-Pentecostal speech powered by the Holy Spirit. The days after 3,000 were baptised. Can you imagine how that must have felt? The exhilaration of Peter speaking so dynamically and the overwhelming response. 3,000 baptised. What next? How do you follow that? This is where we find ourselves. The NIV entitles this passage as The Fellowship of Believers. The New Living Translation, The Believers Form a Community. This passage tells us how the apostles supported those newly baptised in their new life as believers. As I read this passage, it struck me how poignant it was in these days of lockdown. We have had to adapt to a whole new way of life. Working from home for some, homeschooling maybe, being unable to meet with friends and family, being unable to meet together as a church on Sundays and in the week, and working out the safest way to shop. We've had to work out how to be who we are in these very different times. And the apostles needed to work out how to support this new community. Verse 42 outlines what could be described as the ideal church. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. This was their master plan, their how-to-be-church plan. So this verse can guide us at all times, but let us now reflect on it in our current situation. Out of all the things we are unable to do at the moment, we can still engage with teaching, be that the emails or letters that Sue posts, or via the multitude of online services, maybe those from Emmanuel and St Barnabas, our partner churches. But notice the words used. Their new way of life was not just engaging with teaching, they devoted themselves to the teaching. How often can we say we have done that? A challenge for lockdown, maybe. Try rereading the Bible verses and talk again in the weeks to come and see if God leads you to something different on a second reading. There was something else they devoted themselves to as well fellowship. I suspect, like me, you may be really missing fellowship, being able to chat over coffee after the service on Sunday, conversations across the table at Messy Church, hugs during the peace. But we can maintain fellowship just in different ways. I read this week that we shouldn't call it social distancing, but physical distancing and social closeness. I like that. We can keep close even though we need to be apart, keeping in touch by telephone, those precious video calls with family, or unexpected text messages from friends just checking in. My eldest daughter received a postcard this week from a friend stranded in Belfast. For her that was wonderful. The younger generation rarely posts things to each other. And a friend of my youngest daughter popped a chocolate bar for her through our letterbox. 
so thoughtful and just a way of keeping connected, keeping fellowship. What could you do this week to keep fellowship? Maybe write to a friend, even if they do only live a few streets away. Or telephone someone you haven't spoken to in a while. Next in the Apostles' plan of support was the breaking of bread. In our current lockdown, we are unable to share communion. Some will be finding this difficult, maybe having feelings of loss. These first new believers would have taken the Lord's Supper in homes, as there was already friction with the Jewish worshippers in the synagogue and temple. Although we are unable to take communion in our own homes, we can remember Christ's sacrifice for us, especially at this Eastertide, and as we eat or share each meal. Be thankful to God for all we have and for those who are literally risking their lives to bring this food to our tables. Or you may find following the words of the spiritual communion a comfort and a blessing at this time. And finally, they devoted themselves to prayer. Having faith doesn't make us better than others. There are good people who have no faith. One difference is that we can pray. In what has become a very unstructured time, I have found daily prayer a true blessing, setting a rhythm through my day like a gentle drumbeat and bringing my day to a close with the Lord. The Archbishop of Canterbury during the war years, William Temple, wrote, People often say that answers to prayer are just coincidence. But what I find is that when I pray, coincidences happen. And when I don't, they don't. So let's join together in prayer. There is something special knowing we are all following the service together at 8 or 10am on a Sunday. But let's try and find ways to connect every day, maybe with morning and night prayer. Verse 43 plainly sets out the results of such a church community. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Living life as this community brought awe and wonder. I've had a sense of that awe as I've been on my daily walks, the beautiful blossom, the vibrant blue skies and the amazing birdsong. Are the birds singing more or are we just hearing them this year because we're less distracted, closer to God's great creation? The next two verses can be some of the most challenging verses to Christians in our society. All the believers were together and had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. We live in a society of materialism. A person's value is so often marked by what they have. There could be a whole sermon just in these two verses. All I'll say is, we live in very different times to the apostles. That isn't an excuse, it's reality. But that doesn't mean we can ignore these verses of scriptures. We can't pick and choose. So we need to reflect on what these verses look like in our culture. We all have responsibilities. We can't simply sell everything and give it away. 
but we can make sensible choices. Thinking twice before a purchase. Considering if we need or just want that item. Has it been ethically produced? And in these times, also consider how the company has treated their staff. Making conscious, prayerful choices about how we spend our money and how we share the gifts we have. Our passage today finishes by reiterating their way of life and their praise in all things, even in pandemics. Now this is an amazing picture that is painted of the ideal church, but we must also remember that the early church was not without its challenges, as we are today. Living as community and in unity has its challenges and always will. As we look forward with uncertainty, many are asking what life will look like when we finally come out of lockdown. What will church look like? How will it need to change? But I think we should be looking at this point, at the new life that we are living in these difficult times. What is God calling you to in all of this? What is he teaching you in this? What habits are you learning now that are a blessing and would be good to continue when the lockdown is finally over? The passage in John's Gospel brings comfort in these difficult days. We have a protector, a comforter, a shepherd. And as we devote ourselves to teaching, fellowship, breaking bread and prayer, may we know also that he came that we may have life and have it to the full. You may not feel like you have life to the full at the moment. But as we reflect on where we find God in our everyday in this pandemic, as we reflect on the new life we are currently leading in these challenging times, as we look forward to the new opportunities he leads us to, we can be assured that we have a gracious, loving God who sees and hears our prayers, our struggles and our awe and wonder. Amen.